Hey, we're just about to jump into the episode, but before we do, did you know we have a junior-friendly Discord community? It's completely free to join. If you want to join us, the link is in the description. We'd love to have you. All right, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another podcast episode where we help aspiring developers get jobs and junior developers grow. Today, trying something different again. Um, I invited Derek from Perpetual Education. Um, so he kind of created a coding bootcamp that's pretty unique. And this is kind of the reason why I wanted to bring them on, but um, it has a track called Design for the Web. And we're going to elaborate on what that is later. But I'm going to dive into this coding bootcamp and, um, you know, let Derek give a little bit of an introduction. But, you know, Derek, you and I have talked back and forth a little bit. I think what you're doing is interesting. But um, yeah, welcome and go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Derek Wood. I go by Sheriff Derek on the internet for who knows what reason. <laughs> it was just not taken everywhere. So, you know, I kind of got coverage on that. Uh, not really that much of a backstory. Anyway, I grew up in San Diego, kind of went to a bunch of interesting schools. My mom was always trying to find like the more edgy or I don't know, interest school. So I, I always went to kind of like a, I don't know, just sort of like an interesting sort of like ex Montessori, ex Waldorf type of collection of teachers and got really lucky with a bunch of interesting schools down there. And then later on, I kind of went to some art high schools, sort of like art magnet high school. And then I went to college. I thought I wanted to be an illustrator, but it turns out I didn't really want to draw that much or put in like the time and effort to be an illustrator. But having that time in art school gave me just a lot of time to like contemplate and, you know, be selfish and think about art and, you know, try a bunch of things, ended up getting kind of into music, doing like some pop art, some paintings, and uh, eventually kind of found myself in this class that, I mean, I guess through music, like MIDI keyboards and stuff sort of felt a little programmy, and we were connecting these lights to these songs we were making, so we had these funny like backgrounds. That was my first like really Cody type of thing with Max MSP, and I had been doing like a little bit of Flash stuff, but I had even told my at the time, you know, HTML, that stuff's dead. This is in like 2000. And uh, so I was wrong about that. <laughs> uh, but later on in life, like around 2010, I had been making websites and stuff for my friends. And but I didn't really know what I was doing. I, I would like, you know, pimp out somebody's MySpace page or change some stuff or try to use Dreamweaver. And it was just always a nightmare. You know, every time you wanted to change a menu, you had to go to a page and change, copy and paste. You know, I just, and in 2010, my girlfriend at the time was a visual designer and I could tell that the like print manuals and the different things she was doing, like catalog work wasn't going to be the same. And so I told her, you know, you should really learn web development or what, you know, be able to make your own websites. And she said, no way, not doing that. And so I just started looking into it and being like, you know, I should just really learn how this works. I could show her how to do it. And so I did that. And she, now she's a successful web developer and designer, uh, but I didn't ever stop because it was just really fun. It was like a new video game for me. And even though I kind of started really in, you know, when I was 28 or 29, I don't know, it just kind of took over my life. And I decided that I was going to not focus on playing in bands for a while and just really kind of carve out a career in web development. Awesome. Okay. And so, you know, when you reached out to me, when I when I took a look at your website, you have uh, quite a few interesting pitches, and we'll get to that um, in a bit. But I, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil this. 
before we do, <laughs> before we do, why don't you go ahead and give a little bit of an introduction to your program? You know, like what's it about? What makes it unique uh, compared to other coding yeah. programs? So it certainly was never my intention to like create a school or a coding boot camp. And I guess the the inspiration from it was really like Stack Overflow, answering questions on there, just hearing so many different questions and answers over the years. And, and you know, you can look back at my first Stack Overflow questions. They're pretty funny. But really understanding like how do you how how do you ask a question? Asking a question like, hey, my site is broken, or hey. I want it to go right and it doesn't. And then you look at the code and there's 10 layers of framework in there and they, you know, they don't, it's hard to answer the question and actually make it worth their time and my time because I really have to explain, well, that element's an inline block level element by default. And so you can't put a margin on it. So that's why you put a negative 200 margin on this other thing next to it, which you know, it's like, a, it's not the cascade the way it's supposed to be. It's like the dominoes of hell. And so how do you undo that? And then, you know, through different Slack channels and discords and teaching people and working with people. And I worked at, you know, small shops, medium-sized shops, like a corporate gig, consulting, contracting, like freelancing. You know, I felt like kind of the pain and pressure of all of the different little things you could get into. And at each one of those jobs, it was just kind of apparent that everybody on the team had just such wildly different skill sets. You know, some people can sit down and write a whole Django app when they've never used Python before, just that's their mindset. But then they wouldn't notice that the button doesn't work. Or another person is really good at WordPress and has kind of memorized all of the loops and stuff, but when it comes down to it, doesn't know PHP. And it's, I don't think it's like just necessarily fully ego but I think the way that this industry works where everybody is sort of forced to go learn by themselves and try not to get embarrassed and you know, don't ask the wrong question. And uh, it creates a, this sort of secrecy where you ask somebody a question and then they run back to their office and look it up for a while and come back with the answer instead of like an open dialogue where we can all learn together. And really, I think I was just lonely. I mean, the, I didn't couldn't find anybody to talk about code. Like a lot of my friends are artists and musicians and they almost don't even understand what it is, or, you know, just at a surface level, they think it's kind of weird. Like, why would you even be like, it's, it's almost like this corporate thing or like, Ooh, web developers. That's about like money or something. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, it's all the people I talk to are turned off by it. You know, I'm at a barbecue and someone says, I don't like to talk about work. You know, when I finally meet somebody who knows to program, they won't talk to me about it. And even when I go to meetups, it's like, you know, the person who's programming the TVs for the, the, like, airplane TVs, like they're doing one type of programming and another person is doing this huge architecture project and another person is doing this thing and they just, they can't do anything without bootstrap. And nobody, I'll go in there and say, let's talk about this. Like, what about, uh, you know, animations that are created by data-driven views or something? And everybody's like, why would you want to do that? And <laughs> so I don't know, somewhere in all of this, like I'm trying to teach people and help people. You know, I spend hours a day just like helping people and for you know no good reason. It's probably not very smart of me to do it, but I learn much from them through Discord and everything. I run this like little CSS Discord. And I don't know, I guess this school was just like, I want to teach people to have a shared foundation to get in the industry and be able to understand what the user experience people are doing or understand what the visual designer is doing. There's no reason why a programmer can't understand that like having 
text that spans a whole 1600 pixels of a page doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't look, you can't read it. You, you need to be able to break things up into chunks. You need to be able to understand line height, like a little bit of typography. And then the designers, you can't be a visual designer if you don't understand the box model. Like you, are, you just should not be allowed to work in a medium if you refuse to understand it at all. And I don't know. Then on the other hand, like looking at it from a business perspective, like I can sit with a client and understand what the thing is. Okay, there's gonna be, they got projects. Each project has some dates and possibly a location. Those hook together. I mean, I can like write up the data structure for that, like just while I'm talking to them and probably get like a pretty decent layout in a code pen by the end of the meeting. Like the real work isn't labor, like the typing. <laughs> we, if, if, if we keep hiring people to type, they are not gonna have jobs in the future, I don't think. So really being able to prototype make something that works, show it to people, get feedback, adjust, get feedback. And I really like pair programming. I just think you could pay more people to have more fun to make better products that isn't a waterfall system. And nobody understands it. Like some people understand it, but they can't afford it to take the time to let it like soak in. You know, one of the last companies I worked at, they were really positive about all these ideas, but they also had a huge workflow coming in, you know, big giant movie companies and stuff. So they can't, just changed the waterfall technique because Derek feels like it. And, you know, or it would take years. So I don't know. I just want to teach people to like be, have this core foundation so that then we can work on some more advanced topics where I know everybody has the same core knowledge. I don't have to guess if one of them has been winging it for a long time and doesn't really know how to write HTML certainly doesn't know what accessibility is and all of those things. Like why not learn about empathy and compassion and GTP and how the internet works and just like security and all those things like at the beginning, instead of tacking on SEO at the end, after we've made this big mess with all this tech debt, but I'll stop there because I could talk about it forever and we just need to time box those things. I love it. So I mean, you know, that's, what's really interesting is you, you are basically teaching, you're, you're almost trying to, you're trying to connect designers and, and developers and not necessarily connect them, but you're trying to get developers to have, um, um, kind of more of a, a design UX, uh, user focused mindset. And, and you want developers to care about that. You want designers to also, you know, like, uh, I think you, mentioned the position of like a, a visual designer, you wanted them to know the box model. Does that sound correct? Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it, it sounds like you're trying to get these positions to be a little bit more versatile and understand that like the fundamentals that they should learn probably spread a little bit further than what other programs are kind of teaching. And like you said, you know, um, I, I, I almost feel like these positions are very like boxed in and they're not willing to expand and they get stuck in their ways. And you even mentioned this idea of like, I thought it was interesting. Like not every company can go off the waterfall method. And I think a lot of like developers that are coming into new positions that are being spit out by coding boot camps, like sometimes they get instilled with this mindset of this, like, you know, this iterative, iterative way of thinking, like 
we need to like get past this waterfall method. We need to expand on it. Like as soon as I come in, like, why are we doing this? I need to change this. I need to push this change in this company. It's like, you need to understand why this company's there. Um, so, and I think a lot of developers are really, you know, they're very energetic and passionate about like this industry. They're excited and that's good. You know, they need to bring that energy yeah. into it. It's going to go a long way, but you know, there are some cons to that as well and, and things they should be aware of when they go into this industry. So I think that's really interesting. Um, so, well, I mean, just to point to that point, you know, I'm aware of that and I, I try to use my experience to help them understand that because that's been me at a lot of jobs, you know, poor bosses yeah. of mine a few times, you know, I'm there, I'm writing up all these new ways we're going to do some things and I'm, you know, spending too much time on R and D and they're like, but we just need this stuff done. And uh, so I've been there. I have a little bit of shame in the, in the, in my history of that. So when I do teach them this stuff, I really don't want to spoil them in that you're only going to work on greenfield projects. You're only going to work on this. Like, I mean, our website specifically has a bunch of problems and I leave a bunch of stuff like all messed up because I'm going to make them go in and fix it. And you know, it's like a <laughs> WordPress project on purpose. Like it, there's lots of reasons so yeah, I'm telling them that, but I'm also letting them know you're going to be working on legacy code. You're going to have to work on a team. Like you're not going to just get everything the way that you want it. It's not going to be, you know, the happy path. I like it. That's a good mindset to instill. Absolutely. So we're going to get into this a little bit later, but you know, I made this statement um, and like I said, we'll talk about this later, but it feels like you are um, really like, training designers to be able to code rather than coders to be able to design. And that's where like your curriculum, at least how your landing page and talking with you, that's kind of how it sells the program, at least from my perspective. So, you know, I gave you a heads up. I'm going to ask this question because I'm terrible yeah. at design. I'm terrible at UX. I'm trying to get better slowly, but quite frankly, like with a lot of designs that I, I need to implement, like I'm just outsourcing it. That's how terrible I am. Yeah. So I'm, I'm okay with, I'm okay with admitting I'm weak with that, but you know, like what's so attractive about your program is it definitely like, it, it's a mix between design and code. And so that, you know, I love coding and being able to kind of like slowly move from coding more into design to supplement that. Like that's a long-term goal for me. So if I wanted to join your program, um, like I'm weaker at design, you know, I know how to code. I want to get a lot better at design. I want to meld those two to become, you know, like this all around developer that can produce something from, you know, this idea, this concept without too much user research in the beginning where I still have to do that um, into, you know, like delivering myself prototypes um, so that I can, uh, or mockups so that I can code these out. If I wanted to go into your program with this goal, um, you know, feel free to, you, uh, keep this short, but like, how would I go about doing that? How would your program help me do that? Because you have a very unique, uh, flexible program that adapts to people. That's what you try to do. So yeah. How would your program mm -hmm. help me do that? Let me just frame that one out there to cover the previous question a little too, because what you're saying reflects really what a lot of people are thinking, which is that there are coders and that there are designers or, you know, as I've been joking, like coders and creatives. And to me, those two forces are at odds when I'm trying to, I'm trying to really just re envision that as they are both designers. The developer has its name for whatever reason. I mean, aren't we all developing things? I mean, you know, programmers get weird. Like I wish VAR was a different word, but so in general, I'm just saying 
you're a designer. Like you design a little system of documents that make the thing happen. I mean, you make choices, how you design a function, like what properties are we going to use in this object? Uh, you know, how is this API going to work? You are a designer. Uh, and the visual designer isn't, I mean, they're really designing or should be designing a visual language. How do these two fonts kind of play off each other? How do I make areas that are comfortable to read and areas that grab my attention? How do I break up the, the page so that the user doesn't feel overwhelmed? How do I make some colors to kind of represent the brand? You know, what do, does the brand need to be, do they want to feel bold and new? Uh, do they want to excite the user? And these things are, are like the core to design. You need to have a set of goals. And that's like, really what we're huge on. Like if you don't write down the explicit goal, you can't have a design because you can't measure it. So if, if the design, if you can't be like, oh, I just really love orange, you know, the Red Bull did it. And then we, this other company did it. And the creative director really likes this site. So we're going to just make it look like that site. That's not really design. That is production art. You know, you're creating a thing that you think you want. You didn't ask anybody. You didn't see if it worked. And then you tell a developer to go and uh, implement it. And to me, that's just, that's not a design process. We're creating the same website over and over again. Sure, there are conventions, like a sign-in button that, you know, it's nice to have it in the top right. <laughs> you know, it's, but I feel like we should start each project as if we're there for the first time. Now, to answer your question, as a developer of your skill level, it, you know, you'd have to take quite the leap of faith and we'd have to talk about it and I'd have to adjust a lot of the curriculum for you so that when I'm telling people we're learning about a JavaScript loop, you know, for a two day straight so that it's burned into their like brain for life, I might make you do something like four times harder, but with that has the same, you know, that has, gets the same point across. Like the whole internet is lists of lists of lists of lists, and then you filter them <laughs> or delete them and or, or save them. I mean, it's, at, the, at the core center of it, it's the, 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 the fundamental things are pretty simple in, in you know, Layout is usually a box with two boxes in it that are aligned. You know, once you, if you do that for three days straight, you will never wonder about CSS ever again. Or you can do it for 10 years and never understand CSS. It's up to you. I don't know why you'd choose uh, the second one. But for you, we just, just first week, we're doing all this like work-life balance stuff. You know, we're talking about this like clock, this like time timer, right? You can, you know, they use it in the book Sprint. But being able to sit, like set time timer and then say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes on this thing and that's it. That's some work balance. And being able to, you know, how do you do visual design? Like, for example, here is like a, a book, a collection of things that I like. You know, here's a bunch of books that I found like on the Internet, book covers that I like. You know, start collecting a little Google Drive folder and start put anytime you see something you like, snap it, put it in there. Look over it once a week, that sort of thing. Because, and then, and then also, it, you're talking about visual design. You know what? We were around a corner, change a font, like change a color. Yeah, those things are useful. But if you back up to what is the goal of this page, what do we want to have happen here? What elements can make that happen? You know, is it, do we want it to be sparse? Do we want the user to just get here and then just read that word and not really feel anything? Or do we want them to feel this kind of like biophilia effect of all of this? rich rainforest or, you know, like the Apple desktops, they want you to feel like, like you're in this big cathedral or something, or do you want it to be like hacker, you know? And so if you start to think about what the user or, you know, your visitor, your, uh, your like friend on the other end, what you want them to help like understand and experience and how you want them to feel, then you're not caught in like, is my design good or not? You're caught in, does choice help me 
do that? Like, does, does the recruiter really want to see my portfolio site look like a terminal? <laughs> like, is that really what, you know, it's cool. <laughs> I think it's cool to look at, you know, I mean, I love all the bootcamp graduates and their interesting portfolios, but if you're like, I don't want to feel like I just, be, you know, so I'm just saying that there's goals and that is the core of design. If you can write down the goals explicitly, you start to create a new framework for decision-making. And that goes the same for programming as it does for visual design. And it takes time to get used to it. I'm not even very good at visual design. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm trying my best, but, it, but the reason why it works is because I am able to focus and I'm able to make some decisions like this is legible enough, but I'm also wearing a lot of hats. You know, I mean, I don't have a design team. I don't have a programming team. Like this is like a two person company. <laughs> like if you've ever seen something written code or words or video editing, you know, we did that. So I have to kind of split my time as far as, you know, my, my whole goal wasn't to make the best looking website in the whole world. I would love to spend a year just fooling around with fonts and colors and illustrator. And maybe I'll get to do that soon in the near future. But that's what I would do for a programmer is try to reset your brain and re reorganize what that even means. Like what does design mean and how do we make the goals and how do we get comfortable with figuring out how to measure our choices and with like do those work, which goes to visual designers is instead of just thinking, I need the client to like this. So my boss will have a relief and then I can relax and not feel on the spot and my ego will feel nice. That's how too much of the industry is. When you can tell, when you can sell your work and when you really learn to say, you know, you wanted this feeling, this feeling, this feeling, we wanted them to feel comfortable doing this and we wanted them to send us this other thing. And these 10 things we tested, these four things worked. Here's where we came. The design is self-evident. It's not about your emotions. It's not about what your husband thinks or, you know, somebody, you're, you know, the whoever works at the company. It, it, that's just not what it's about. And if we can start teaching the clients that, they're going to get higher quality outcomes uh, for less money and it'll be more fun. I wish I, I wish I had gotten this mindset because you even like started with this idea of like, why do coding boot camps teach, you know, security and they teach SEO later. Um, and, you know, like before I even went to my coding boot camp, this concept of like content driven design and like coming up with all these things, um, like SEO is, in my opinion, when you're thinking of content, you're also thinking of SEO as early as possible. And like these things do kind of get tacked on as like side modules, you know, after you almost had finished the coding boot camp, And um, it, it feels like even the way you were describing, like how you tackle my situation, um, it feels like a path that I wish I had gone down um, and learned that type of coding early, um, just kind of like with the type of entrepreneur I am, the type of apps that I like to build. And I, I would always like, cause I am always someone that would like, die, like, I, I try to get involved in all the UX and design conversations and they're like, Don, get out. You're not, you're not doing this, but I would like kind of poke my head in. I would talk to the designer and I would, I'd uh, just, cause I love talking about it. And like, overall, um, I think one thing I've realized is a lot of designers appreciate developers that want to know more about that. They appreciate developers that want to be more involved. And like you said, you know, even the concept of a developer, so I'll say a coder, you know, whatever you want to um, label me as, but you know, this, I, I think like, 
I think it would be a really interesting aspect. Now, my question to you, you know, this is a new question from what you said, you know, if someone like me came into the program, you said, I'd, I'd pretty much have to, I'd pretty much have to change your curriculum, right? It, it, I wouldn't be like the, tr the traditional student. Do you feel like, because I, I could hear you like trying to think of ways to include me in and try to like create a flexible plan for me. Do you feel like your program at m some point might be too flexible? Like you're kind of, you know, putting yourself in all these different areas, trying to make all these different students happy with different backgrounds and different goals. Do you feel like you're too stretched sometimes, or that could become a possibility? Anything could become a possibility. That's for sure. And the, the course itself is its own design problem that we're constantly getting to work on, which is, that's why it's so fun. But I think that the way that the course is built is that each day there's one lesson that usually covers one or maybe two like core concepts. And I think that even a seasoned developer, cloud architect master uh, would be surprised how much they learn. Because for example, in this, like in this one of the first weeks we go through and we, I just, there's all this like heady stuff, you know, how would you describe a dog or a mug and like get really detailed. And, you know, they start learning about, well, like, well, I guess it has a width and, and you know, they, and they struggle, it's, it's hard. Cause what we're doing is rethinking how our brain works. The computer isn't that, I mean, big props to all the people who built computers. But if you break it down into what it is, it's just a million key value pairs and like on and off switches. So if you can break down what is a dog and you start to say it has legs, how many? Oh, four. Okay. I mean, you're baby talking to the computer. It can run. What does run mean? How can I give this information to the computer in the most simple way that it can do its job, but that we have the smallest communication needed to do it? And so you, you uncover numbers and uh, words. You know, you can't times dog by dog or, you know, Philip by Philip, but you can times two by two. So that's an interesting, you start thinking as a, as a, somebody who would create a language, you know, well, what is this little run thing? I mean, it might, he might run different at different times. So you see, they have to draw out these drawings and they're so fun and they're all nervous. And, you know, some people are better at drawing than others, but ev everyone together seeing their drawings together is the outcome. Like they did it perfectly. And so you might, Think, start thinking about something totally different that way that might spark something that because of your knowledge, you're like, wow, I could make a CMS that's actually just a JSON object. And then all of a sudden it does this, you know, it creates all of the things. Like, why isn't that a thing, by the way? Or, hey, why are we making this authorization service over and over and over and over and over again? Uh, so I, I think that everybody has the ability to be inspired at every point of the way, but I can see how it comes off sort of wishy-washy. Uh, but the video is distilled down so that I don't have to say that part over and over again. And then I'm able to just weave in a little and say like, hey, this fits into what you're talking about. It's like, you're a radio DJ, you know, here's a cool company you could work for and think about what that is, like what is streaming. Use that for your next project. So the project has a frame to it, but you can dress it up however you want. And I, my job is to just sort of connect the dots with the different people. And it also, you know, you'll learn from them. They'll learn from you. I think the students really end up doing the, the teachings. I mean, or, you know, I organize the place for the learning to happen. I can't learn it for you. I can't like, I can't just hand you the knowledge. I can show you how to set right click in the settings panel, but that's not design. That's just, you know, configuration. So I don't know. I, I just think being able to 
build something and then decorate it and then work on it. So you have a prototype that's starting out and then you work to make it visually pleasing together all at the same time and using style tiles and things instead of high fidelity finished mock-ups is like the way to go. And if everyone's doing that together, they're all going to come out with very interesting and different portfolios, but I don't know how it's going to scale. Like, I don't even know if I want it to scale. Like I, that's the thing. I don't even know, you know, I don't think of us as a boot camp. I think of us as like a mentorship experiment that hopefully like ends up in some kind of larger scale, like design guild of people who have like a deep understanding of like the respect and the, the responsibility for what we like put into the world. Yeah. And it's, that's interesting that you just said that you don't really think of yourself as a coding bootcamp. Um, I like the more I talk with you, neither do I, that's not a bad thing. Uh, we all have, or there are so many coding bootcamps that, um, that are all kind of trying to do the same thing. And they're basically trying to prepare you for this traditional coder role. And that that's just not your coding bootcamp. Um, and, you know, we're going to elaborate on this a little bit, but like, you know, as I told you uh, before this, it, it feels like you are teaching designers how to code. Um, you're not really teaching dev- uh, coders how to design. It's, it's more on like emphasizing the design and the fun, like the fundamental process of like getting this idea um, up in, in, I, I see you making a face right now. Do you want to elaborate on that? I feel like what we're doing is we are training designers and on the way, we're focusing on the web as our medium. Now, if I could teach you one thing about the web so that by the end of today, you could make something meaningful, I would probably teach you about typography and HTML. But HTML is really a JavaScript object. So, I'm, you know, would I do that? But I wouldn't want to teach you one day. It wouldn't be worth it to me. I want to teach you the full six months. So I organize it in a way that the tools become apparent as necessary. If I, there's no point in teaching about Git or NPM, like a lot of the other schools, they need those, those technologies because their school is built on them. They're built, they've built out these kind of gamified applications and different uh, automated testing scenarios so that you have to get, you basically have to try to learn the full stack of whatever, some like Angular full stack thing right out the gate just to be able to participate. I don't think that makes much sense. Like I'd rather somebody be able to make a accessible, you know, lighthouse 100, 100 type of website that said who they are and how to contact me instead of just throw them into a gigantic like bowl of spaghetti. And so to say that we are teaching visual designers how to code a little or no, what did you say? How to <laughs> teaching, <I feel> like... <laughs> teaching designers, how to, uh, it feels like you are more uh, focused and emphasize teaching designers how to code, like kind of like instilling a um, kind of a UX design fundamentals before you even dive into code versus coders, how to design the, the emphasis seems to be on the design. I feel like you, yeah, uh, I feel like they're equal. I mean, I guess that's the best way I could say it. I feel like there's going to be people, I've already seen people kind of starting to figure out where they're going to fit in and uh, they might not be as hardcore programmers, but I know that some of the people, you know, like when we get further on, when we get through all the JavaScript fundamentals, when we're able to make small apps and prototypes, 
they're going to want to take those next steps and they're going to want to build out fully fleshed out uh, projects, at least MVPs or go work at companies and they'll start their journey from there and they'll have such a solid foundation and everything that when it's time to go learn a new language or a new framework, they won't have to think, oh, how am I going to learn this language or framework? They'll think, oh, I need a list of stuff. <laughs> what do they call a list in this language? Oh, how do I show the list? You know, these, the, the core concepts are, they're like Legos or like building blocks. And I just think that instead of feeling like you memorized Angular 1.5 and now you're, now it's like Angular 8 and who knows what's happening. What happened? All of my knowledge was thrown in the trash and I have to re-memorize the shape of these directive objects. That's not good. I don't like it. I hate it. And I think that's why I probably like have, have like stayed at my own core for developing because I keep going back. I like want to be able to learn it like I could teach it all the way, you know, kind of like that Feinberg method or I think that's what it's called. But, you know, I don't want to memorize a bunch of stuff and then realize I need to update NPM and lose everything. It, it just breaks my heart. I, I want to understand like how to build lean web applications and really, I mean, we're in like a golden age right now. JavaScript is amazing. Uh, CSS and HTML are amazing. I mean, it's like you don't have to do any hacks or anything anymore. It's it's the golden age to learn how to use these tools. And it's not even the what it's like the Internet of Things. We're going to be building, you know, all sorts of stuff that just runs on things. You know, you're going to be able to make fun little clocks and stuff that's connected. And, you know, with that comes a lot of danger. But we, we have the ability to use these tools and things, new things like Svelte and, and all these different types of uh, programming stuff <laughs> to do so many things. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good, um, <clears throat> I think that's a really good description of it. So let's, let's dive into the details a little bit, because I, I think, you know, when you talk about a lot of these concepts, um, it, it definitely sometimes feels a little abstract. And like, even when I look at your program, I think that's one hard thing that you're going to, um, that's a challenge you're going to have to tackle is like, it sounds like it's focused on like <clears throat> instilling this creative mindset into people like this more creative mindset. And um, like you really link that creative mindset into the fundamentals that a lot of coders should be learning, you know, before they dive into all these complex frameworks. And I, I completely get that. I agree with that. Um, but uh, it also, when you describe, like you describe even like how I would come into your program and be successful in it, it just, it still sounds so abstract and like, even when I was looking at your website, like it sounds good. It, it's, it's something different. It's, it's teaching fundamentals that like a lot of coding boot camps don't teach. And it's, it's, um, you know, like it, it's building out like wholesome developers that can do a lot of different things and have their hands at a lot of different pots. Um, but you know, it's still, I, I think that's going to be a challenge selling that and figuring out like, and like you said, you're still new and you're still figuring out who your audience is and who's mm -hmm. kind of coming in. Um, and so, you know, thankfully you could be, um, you can be really flexible. You're not this bloated coding bootcamp and you're, you're obviously data driven and you care about like analyzing how your program goes. And, you know, we talked about this before, like you really love kind of being this like, um, you had a better word for it, but kind of like this uh, curriculum developer, this course developer, you, you like refining a lot of that. Uh, what was the word you used to describe that? I guess at each stage of my career, I feel like most people if should probably stay in a career for four years, but I kind of switch every year and a half. And I was thinking, I was joking around that my latest job title is like 
career designer. You know, I'm designing these students the career that they want and I'm giving them the tools they need to do it. Uh, and so it, what it comes down to is like, I'm not, I'm a web developer. I'm web, I do develop websites and I do the design, but at this point I'm like designing the curriculum and the space to get these people where they want to go. You know, I mean, we've, we know what their dreams are. We know what their situation is. We know what their fears are. Uh, so that's, those are the like research and the, the information and then I use all of these tools to like create that outcome. I just think that's funny because like that I'm like a designer of an outcome, a successful outcome for this person. Okay. Yeah. You describe it way better than I can. Um, <laughs> let, let's dive into, <laughs> let's dive into a couple details. Um, things that kind of caught my eye. So you mentioned that like you don't teach proprietary tools like React, but then like later in the landing page, you go on to say that you're teaching advanced frameworks like Vue or Ember. Yeah. Um, so that, that confuses me. Uh, okay. Can you elaborate sure. on that? Yeah. And just picking up on what you were saying before, it's like the syllabus, like there's actually a syllabus on the homepage, but I tried to write it, you know, and Ivy and the other people, we all looked at it and tried to, make it so that if you didn't know anything about programming, you could read it. You know, I didn't say, I, you know, outlined what hypertext markup language is, but I first talk about content strategy and then being able to, I don't, I forget how I said it, but it's so it's, it's like can seem fluffy to some people and they're like, but what are we going to learn? And I'm like, it's all right there. Like you just have to take it seriously. Like that is, that's like the order of learning. Like it's, it just follows exactly like the calendar. Uh, but so we'll, we go and we uh, we use they you know we learned how to use Google Docs and stuff early on because what did the internet we use the history of the internet basically and I just teach the most important thing each day that is the next most important thing so why did we make the internet well I don't know what were they Microsoft Word docs or something and they wanted to share them and so we can use Google Docs as an example of that now they can build out sort of an essay you know remember how that was in school with headline thesis statement, heading level two, and they can start to think about that. And that sort of turns into this whole, how would you program that? And then that leads into HTML and that leads into sort of like a business card website, which is simple, you know, gets the job done. It's better to have a nice little business card website than a giant website that doesn't do its job and is a big pain. And then you kind of move into like brochure websites, you know, things that have a couple more pages, restaurants or something. And we just actually find real clients. So, we, you know, we're making a website for this musician guy right now. And so that is where you, where do you hit the wall there? Like when is HTML not enough? So then you got to hit, then you're like, wow, but I just really wish I could put this header in one file. And then you're like, well, look, listen to how PHP kind of got developed and why there's that story. What, how much stuff can you do with PHP? And now I need to save something. Like now I need, now we're kind of in web 2.0 world. Like what if we need somebody to like, I don't know, like set up a hair appointment. How does that work? Where do we send it to? You know, do we send it to a database? Do we like hook up Twilio and like send it right to their phone? Like who knows? But we haven't talked about JavaScript yet because. We don't talk about it for way a long time because it's like the least important part. Then we do learn JavaScript like in extreme detail, but it's now you have this whole conflict. Where's the server-side rendering helping? What's it doing really well? Where's the JavaScript helping? What's it doing really well? Should we load the page with the list and then have 
jQuery or whatever, you know, we don't use jQuery, but we like, <laughs> that's how they used to do it. When you want to have JavaScript, regular vanilla JavaScript, check the page and then rebuild it when anybody filters it. So it still has the server side rendering quality, but you have this added layer of progressive enhancement. So there's that. When does JavaScript not, when does JavaScript get to be a pain? Like how many to-do lists can you create on top of each other until you're just like, ah, then you could talk about Vue a little bit because I think Vue is adorable and it's it's very fun to use. And it's basically exactly like Angular 1.5. So historically you can see how that worked. Oh, okay, we're able to like add a few little attributes here and create this sort of templatization that's different than string templates in JavaScript where you have to have a function it's just not as composable. It's not as like fun to look at. I mean, personally, I'm still on the like JavaScript, CSS and HTML and different files type of thing. Uh, but we'll talk about React a little bit too. And um, and so, but at some point view, it's a nightmare. Like as soon as you're out of a code pen, as far as I'm concerned, it's a nightmare. Like I do, I would never want to pick up somebody's like two-year-old view project. So you got to talk about something. And I don't know if I really want to talk about Rails so that's why I talk about Ember because it's basically like all based on Rails conventions anyways. And you don't have to build a huge gigantic Ember project to start to see, oh, how does this framework work? You know, it's not WordPress, it's not, you know, Vue, but it has, it has everything in there. And how do I connect that to a backend API? Then you're really, then you're getting like the full stack. And I consider the full stack to be the research, the content strategy, the measuring, the testing, the the prototyping like at this point you've been able to make a prototype in a code pen before you make the ember application anyway you can spin up an ember application and go like ember generate route this generate route generate route generate route hook it all together some throw in some params <laughs> then you understand like the majority of how this stuff works uh you know but then ember has to go ahead and like have all their tutorials sneak in some typescript which is another problem. It's like everyone's always one step ahead and they can't, it's hard to teach that way. Like it's hard to learn COA and, but COA with this extra EJS syntax thing and then also Ember, but half of the things are written in TypeScript. And it's, you know, so I'm just trying to stay away from that stuff. I'm trying to only teach the like things that will not change and then experiment with the things that are a little more ephemeral and, and give them those opportunities. Last thing about that is the section down there that says advanced frameworks, instead of buying, I make a joke, instead of buying a tiny yacht with all the money we're getting here, if we wanted to make money, we would have done it a lot differently. Uh, what we want to do is take the money and put it into like advanced courses and then have those grandfathered in for our students so that it kind of follows you with your career. You like, it's basically like a, we'll have our own front end masters. And so we're able to teach faster because we know everything everybody knows already. There's never anything taken for granted. Every subsequent class is based on the core foundation that we've already taught. And that way we can like speed through stuff and, you know, mm. not waste people's time. Cause I've wasted, you know, thousands of hours on tutorials that I shouldn't have taken. <laughs> I think all of us have, yeah. do you feel like, do you feel like these advanced frameworks would come up in a more advanced class that you would implement down the road? I'm flirting with, um, there's, there's like sections of the course 
that are, or most of the course is like set in stone kind of. And then there's these holes where like, maybe I, like this week, I'm going to throw up a video that I actually video the classes, you know, what they've done. So kind of like a little critique video that would be different for every class. Right. And so as we get into like the fifth and sixth months, there's sort of like project week or something. And it, it, it really depends. Like I have a Arduino over here and a Raspberry Pi. Like I'm kind of interested in doing, uh, you know, maybe a project with that, a little internet of things type of stuff. Just, just recently, I'm kind of flirting with thinking about doing a couple things with Svelte. That's, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of piqued my interest after listening to some of that guy's talks. Um, but I, you know, it's going to depend. I also think that around the fourth or fifth month, some people are going to realize they don't want to know that stuff. <laughs> they don't want to know DevOps. They don't want to get into like Azure or whatever Heroku and all these companies and stuff. Uh, so I think that, I don't know. I think I'd be really happy if people just built killer code pens. And I think that like, if you have a portfolio with six really cool code pens and a little story about like how you went through the process and uh, did your research and what, what you came through with and what you learned, I think that would just destroy any of these like other, and I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to like blow any of the other students out of the water or anything, but I'm just saying that as somebody who's hired people, I want to hear your thought process. I don't want to see the same six little projects uh, that just show me, you know, how to, you, when you go to a job, they're never going to have a junior developer just go in and like set up the whole like CI pipeline. <laughs> that you know what I mean? You're they, mm -hmm. you're not they're not going to say welcome. So here's your computer, and uh, we just need you to set up authorization. So get set up Ruby and download a few of the packages and get it all set up because we're going to trust you for our entire company to sit on top of this thing that you're going to do today. Like people have the wrong assumption that they're going to go to work and just code apps all day. But really, I spent like weeks working on like a little part of a menu. Like, how are we going to do this? Like, I mean, this is going to be seen by hundreds of thousands of people. Little things matter, like building a slider, a custom slider or something. It might take a month. You're, you're not working on these full apps all by yourself. And so I don't know. It's good to get a, a hang of it. Like, oh, I get it. There's a database. You can put save stuff to it. You can retrieve stuff to it. I mean, but this idea, you're going to learn three full stacks. You're not, you're going to get introduced to them. And then, I mean, if you close your computer for three weeks, you won't remember anything probably. So to, to me, that's, I just want the students to be able to prove their value in whatever way that is. And I think in some ways that's going to be being a project manager. Somebody might just really want to set up the Trello and get the, you know, a group of the students like all through it. And now they know the code. So they know like, oh, you're having a problem with this? Oh, well, I kind of know a little bit about that. Or let's ask Jesse, maybe he knows how to do it. Or, you know, let's just reorganize who's working on what. Like, you're really good with Flexbox. Why don't you go work on it? Or, you know, just being able to do little prototypes or being able to do UX. I mean, I don't think we need any more people who just spit out balsamic mock-ups anymore. We need people who can sit down, talk to the client, talk to the users, build little prototypes, turn it back over to them and be like, what about this? Does this work better? You know, I just, that's the kind of thing we need because it's expensive, man. You get 10 developers in a room. That's a million dollars right there. Isn't it like a hundred thousand dollars? That's like, if you, you better be doing something worth millions of dollars, otherwise nobody's going to pay. Nobody pays you unless you, they make 10 times as much off of you. So if you're not making a company a million dollars, just think about that. Why are they giving you a hundred thousand dollars? And when they go out of business, you're gone. 
Like, you know, this, this, that it's that too. Like I want people to build their own businesses and I want people to like really invest in their economy and see how they can actually be a, like a source for change in, you know, of local businesses and things like that. Like we can't all just have these overarching companies and Postmates and all these companies with just kind of like, you know, in COVID right now, think of all the money. They could have hired the dishwashers they had to fire to drive the food around and the dishwashers would probably make three times as much money. So I don't know what's going on, but we need people to be more thinkers and we need people who aren't just doing what the boss says because you get 20 guys in different rooms doing what the boss says. And then what do you get? You get a bunch of trash and people spying on you and all, you know, all these horrible things happening that I, I don't know. That's, I want people to be designers. I want them to design a better future. <laughs> and uh, if they just get jobs, that's fine too. Okay. So uh, I like, I just like the way you think. I like your perspective. I, I kind of just like listening. That's why I've been letting you like <laughs> elaborate on time. No, this is good. This I is what I want to I should have used like a little time timer or something. And then I could have like, yeah. So I think, I think your, I think your program, I'm going to summarize quite a bit here. So Go here's my it. summary. I think your program is a lesson in, um, you know, a lot of times coding boot camps will spit out people that are introduced to multiple frameworks. And like the focus is on marketability, what they can put on the resume versus what they know. And a lot of coding boot camps will claim like, yeah, we're going to really teach you the fundamentals well. But it, it, to me, it just feels like a lot of fluff. It just feels like a lot of sales pitches. And then when I look at their curriculum, it's like, it, they're getting exposure after exposure after exposure, but they're not really diving deep into the fundamentals. They're not understanding why they need to even learn a framework in the first place. And it feels like your program like really beats that into you uh, like from start to finish. And like you start with like really basic fundamental stuff of like um, even just like, I think the simplest website you said was like building out like a business card website. That's way better to keep it that simple versus like, you know, a lot of people will build their uh, portfolios with React and it's like, why, you know? And so you're, you're teaching people to think about why. And that's like, honestly, a lot of companies do want to bring in developers that um, have thought about this, have like made, you know, like actual decisions to bring in this framework based on it solving a real problem, not just because someone told them to learn it. And your coding bootcamp or, you know, not a coding bootcamp, whatever you want to label it as like it teaches, it really instills this mindset. And I think that like, I think that's one of the one things that attracts me to your, your program. Now, you know, it wouldn't be my podcast if I didn't touch on this as well. So I'm going to give you a perspective, you know, of my experience as a software engineer. And like I said, I, I've, um, I've interviewed, you know, thousands of people going into positions and, and talked to a lot of hiring managers. And so I, I have a really good understanding of like what a lot of positions are looking for right now when they're trying to hire software engineers. So I'm going to poke a couple of holes in it um, that I don't think they're really holes because I think your program is a little bit different. Um, but I'm just going to say like some challenges that people are going to face, like it's, it's like a six month program. And very often I see unless like it's, it's part-time, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm really only asking for two to three hours of focus yeah. a day and it could be at, at your own pace during that okay. day. We have to keep up. Okay. All right. Sounds you good. More. You can do more. 
Yeah. And I think you even give like supplemental work to, for people to kind of like expand on that a little bit too. Um, But, you know, with a part-time program, you know, six months, you are, you're, you're starting, you're honestly starting to teach people what a lot of coding boot camps lack. My concern is your time frame. being able to shove this into a part-time program within six months. It's like, you're really focused on a lot of good things. And that's why I really believe in your program. But as far as like producing competitive software engineers, where quite frankly, a lot of companies do want them to pick up this framework. They do want them Mm -hmm. like they they do have, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they're still doing these data structures and algorithms tests. And a lot of like hiring processes are are broken. And, but, you know, the reason why I like really push this uh, mindset of like, you know, we, this is what you have to learn. It's kind of a stupid reason why they have to learn this stuff, but you know, they still have to be competitive. They still have to like uh, think in terms of, you know, like data structures and algorithms and how to make things more efficient, especially you get this big attraction to top tech, big tech um, that are are doing tons of interviews um, in this way. And like I said, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I, and I personally think the hiring process are broken a lot. And I don't, I think people really need to understand like when they're thinking, oh, I want to work at Facebook. I want to work at Google. Like, do you really want to work at Facebook? Do you, like, I don't think you actually know. And so, but, you know, a lot of these, and then a lot of other companies will adapt these kind of hiring policies. And I think, you know, hiring managers are just trying to make things more efficient because, you know, it takes a long time to bring someone in. It takes a long time to interview. And in my opinion, that's why a lot of these are introduced, like a lot of whiteboard problems and and coding challenges online, because it just makes the process easily. They're able to, um, you know, they'll have data in front of them to compare applicants. It it just like, because I, every hiring manager that I've ever had, every boss, they were overworked. Every single one of them. They cared about the product. I had. I was lucky to have really good bosses. And quite frankly, you, you brought up this idea of, well, like, you know, you have, I don't know how many engineers, we're just going to use the number 10. You have 10 engineers that are listening to a single boss and, you know, they're just doing what he says. Well, like, that's more work on your boss. Like you are brought in to bring in ideas. You are brought in to challenge things. You are brought in to even challenge a process. Not, you know, not in obnoxious ways. There's a time and a place, but like you are brought in to think for yourself and, and Mm -hmm. like introduce, you know, like really uh, maybe kind of a more efficient process around this, maybe better documentation around this. And, you know, maybe like a better process with working with designers in this area. Like I, most bosses want you to come in with, with uh, just being critical thinkers and not just being yes, man, or yes, woman, you know, like they, they, I think a lot of hiring managers are hiring for that now, which is good to see because they want to take that off their plate. But one thing, like one challenge I see is when you do kind of shy away from these frameworks and you do kind of shy away from more complex problems. And I, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's hurting people to shy away from frameworks, but I would like, I think there's going to be a challenge in like with the six months, only six months that you have that you're going mm-hmm. over all this other fundamental stuff. You're probably not getting into complex algorithms. You're not getting into complex architecture. You're not getting into, like you said, you're not diving into um, like if someone wants to become a backend developer, it, it helps mm-hmm. to get that exposure to connect their app with AWS. You know, a lot of companies will, yeah. you know, look highly on something like that, but you know, on the flip side, um, 
you know, as a developer, it, I think it's really just a problem with our, our hiring processes because as a developer, like I'm not going in my first position, I wasn't touching authentication. I wasn't touching like the structure, like the, um, the uh, production part of our app, like right away. I wasn't trying to like optimize the pipeline of like, you know, this, <laughs> this very, very expensive app. Like, so um, I, I think it's healthy to teach developers, like give them exposure and, um, but um, I don't know. I like, so I'm kind of torn. Like I, I love the fundamentals that you're teaching, but, um, and this is actually, maybe I'm not torn because this is kind of what you want to do. You are shaping the audience that you want to bring into your program. And like, you do this through things like no bro grammars. And um, there was another statement, like you don't want to bring in people that are boring. Um, you know, those are actually like bold statements. And so you're bringing in people that want to be creative. Um, but, you know, that's going to push away for people that, uh, you know, are that do um, like during times of COVID that probably are only willing to spend that amount of money for an outcome that's going to give them a certain outcome. And if they're trying to become software engineers, especially like leaning more towards the back end, I feel like you're going to produce very strong front end developers versus backend developers. And that's just where your program leans in the time that you, that you have. So yeah, spit out a lot of information. Does, yeah. uh, I think I made some notes. Okay. Um, I, I think there's a few things going on. First of all, let's look at just the field, right? We have computer science graduates. They spend four years in, I, I, I haven't checked all of them, but in the like hundreds I've met, they're always kind of waiting for if they if they went there in the hopes of learning web web like applications. They're waiting, and then at the end they get like a basically a four month project in their fourth year, and then they come back. Like I talked to somebody the other day for hours about how he might want to do our program, and he'd already gone to computer science school and then a boot camp, and was still not feeling confident. Luckily, I was able to. I'm not trying to sell him on that. Like I just talked him through it. And you know, said, well, can you go through the book exercises for programmers? Because if you can make it through that book uh, with whatever language you want, it's language agnostic. Like you are a great programmer, and you're ready for the the field. You just, but you need to start, you know, thinking about it a little differently. Now, coding bootcamp people, I meet a lot of them, talk to them in person, look over their code, try to help them with their, uh, you know, I go kind of lurk around career karma and stuff like that, and I uh, sometimes end up helping them rebuild their React site into an HTML site so that, you know, the recruiters can actually see they know how to write 2021 semantic code and stuff like that. And uh, it's like, you're, you're, if I don't need to make like a comparison, but if you're talking about whether they're commercially viable, they can't make, everyone I've talked to so far who went to a React heavy bootcamp could not do anything without React to any competency. And our students are going to be able to do that within the first three, like four weeks, I would say. So it's, it sounds fluffy, but it's the fact that we're not letting them do anything else, that we're not letting them get overwhelmed, that we're only delivering one concept a day that's just enough that it almost seems stupid. Like, this is all you're letting me do today is learn how, like, to, like, to just, like, write 100 variables or, you know... But it's not that we're learning how to write a variable. It's that we're redefining what that means. It's a piece of thing in memory with a reference. Then you point the reference somewhere else. That thing disappears. You're not saving it in a box. So there's just all these misconceptions and things. 
And so I think that our I think that our people are going to be just as good or better. I think I think better suited. And I think you can learn React in two weeks. I learned Vue in two weeks. Uh, um, you know, it, it's once you once you know what you're looking for. And we just talk about how to read the docs. Like I never talk about anything without going over the Mozilla Developer Network like function signature. Like nothing ever. Is ha happens. I mean, the computer I start the course with is like all the way blank. There's not nothing installed on it except the video software. So nothing about the process is hidden or truncated. It's how do you write Stack Overflow? How do you, you know, how do you write a good question? When is it time to ask on Discord versus Stack Overflow? Like, how do you formulate your question? All those things are just micro, like little micro things that add up. Like, do you know, even know how to use your computer? Because if I come over to your computer and you got 300 tabs open and you can't find anything and the code's all over the place and you, you don't know how to like manage your windows, you're costing a lot of money. Even, you know, no, it doesn't matter if you're the best programmer in the world, if you're a pain in the ass and nobody wants to like work with you. So I think at the end of the day, these code pen projects and, and we you know, encourage people to write early. So they're writing technically about their work they're building these blogs, they're building their thought process. And like, if I came into your office right now to get hired and you gave me a algorithm test, I would say, listen, um, I know what your company does. I've been researching it, this, this, and this, here's where I think I can provide value. There's definitely no algorithms being written here. And if, if you wanna give me an algorithm test, uh, let's, I won't waste any more of your time because that is a mess. And nobody's gonna change it if we don't change it. If we don't stop accepting that stuff, we need to go to more punk rock people. There's people on, you know, like there's people out there hooking people up with jobs who are cool. <laughs> and they, you know, there, there's a lot of people out there. It's like, at the end of the day, you want to work with somebody who you're going to get along with. Like, I know that people are giving the algorithm tests, but there's tons of jobs out there. I got my first job at like a, you know, like a little design shop and it was just whatever. They thought it was, you know, I thought I could help them because I knew more about responsive design, but they thought this guy's not going to be a pain in the ass. You know, it's uh, sorry. I don't know if you have to bleep. That. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but it's okay, I think uh, I think that it. I just think that you I think this is what we do. We part, we we tell, ask people what they want at the beginning of the course. It's going to change. We get their like laser focus positioning statement like Jonathan Stark style, like built out throughout the course. And at the end, they've picked out the job they want. They've built the portfolio to get that job. And I think they're just going to go get it, but we'll find out. And I would love to talk to you about it, or I'd love you to talk to some of the, like, like a six months later group of people or something, because I really think that it's right there. The things you want in life are there. And I've spent so much of my life just not taking it, but it's there. Just pick what you want, do the work and get it. Uh, that's what I think. Okay. Like I said, you have a very unique approach to this. Um, it, it's refreshing. I, I would love to take a look like six months later to see how it goes. Like this is yeah. like, this is something, the only reason I brought you on versus other people is because this sounds really interesting and I want to see what happens with it. Um, so I'll, I'll be in touch for that for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, you're I really... welcome to like audit one of the classes in each session I have, you know, I have a like 20 year vet in there checking things out. <laughs> I have, uh, you know, people I want to hire. Nobody is allowed to work for us who hasn't gone through the entire program. And, uh, you know, there's just some people who want to check it out. 
And uh, so, you know, you're welcome to kind of jump in there and follow along and see what's happening. I love it. I appreciate that. Um, all right. Well, so for people that, you know, I've listened to you and uh, like really empathize with your perspective on, you know, becoming or getting into this industry, um, what other details could you provide that where they could uh, follow up, where they could join any maybe like upcoming cohorts or anything like that? Do you have anything coming up? Yeah, well, um, we have this sort of student screener um, thing on our website. So you could go to perpetual.education, not perpetual.education.com. Um, and you can fill it out and then you could just meet me and Ivy. I mean, I guess we should also just say that Ivy uh, has taken a much bigger part in the company. She's my partner in crime here. She's not here today. And uh, she's the one who actually reached out to you because I was watching your video and she's like, why don't you just talk to him? So, you know, we meet us and we talk to people and we give uh, advice and it, we're not going to try to talk you into going to our school. There's lots of schools. We, we think there should be lots of schools, like smaller schools, and that everybody should be learning from each other and, um, you know, sharing some information about what's working at the different schools. The goal is not to be the only school. And um, so anyway, you could just talk straight to us. <laughs> I hope that one day we're not so flooded that we can't speak to people personally anymore. But, we, you know, we can help you organize your goals and uh, really just Sometimes people are already got a lot of it worked out and they could, a few books might do the trick, right? Uh, or they're going from computer science college and they just have a, they're just a little bit insecure or it, it all depends. Uh, so you can talk to, straight to us. That's for one thing. Uh, then as far as cohorts, we have one starting in May and July. And so, you know, there's no way to get into it without talking to us because <laughs> we, you know, it's, it's got to work for us, got to work for you. And uh, pricing wise, we started out with this like $10,000 model and we are we just thought we're just going to do it. There's a there's thousands and thousands of people who were going to go to computer science college during COVID who definitely shouldn't. Like the money's out there. We'll work out some ways to make it more affordable after we get rolling, you know, but these people, uh, but COVID just was too intense. So we spent some time, we actually postponed one of uh, the, the first dates and uh, we set up an ISA. And so our ISA, there's a couple different options and we can sometimes change them depending on your situation. But the lowest entry point is 2,500 upfront. And we want you to have a Mac. We can talk about that later. And, uh, and, then, the, and then the ISA is 9% for 24 months. So it's definitely the lowest ISA, I think there is. Uh, and then there's another option. Let's say you already make $90,000 and you want to pivot from your project manager role to visual design. You might not all of a sudden make 20 more thousand dollars or whatever. Like you might be just sort of, you know, jumping parallel. You could pay $5,000 up front and then just pay 5% of your salary, or you could just pay 10 and get it out of the way, which a lot of people do. So there's, there's options there. And, you know, we've been able to help people out in different ways and it's really don't let the money scare you. Usually we can like figure it out. And uh, so it's more important. You just get the conversation going. And like I said, we'll happily give you like a curriculum that you can just take and do yourself and, you know, offer you some suggestions, get some buddies. Here's the three books. Here's 10 projects, stuff like that. Our goal is to be helpful. And when the people are the right people for our program, then we will we'll work together. 
I love it. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I absolutely love that. And you, you said it right. Um, there are a lot of coding boot camps, and you know, I want to see if coding boot camps are going to keep popping up. Um, I want to see them do something differently. I'm tired of seeing every coding boot camp try to compete with each other over the same things. I this is, I think this is really unique. Check it out. You know, if it's for you, reach out to Derek and Ivy. Have that conversation. If it's not, choose another coding bootcamp. You know, yeah. that's exactly what Derek's telling you. Um, and I, I love that. So yeah, Derek, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your your experience with this. Uh, kind of just learning how you became a developer is unique on its own. But um, yeah, I appreciate you sharing your program with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me.